Hey dads, before we jump into today's episode, I want to let you know about a great resource we have for you called the Dad-Son Challenge, 10 manly activities that dads and sons can do together. These are fun activities that you and your son can do to help both of you get better at being men that are based around the five marks of manhood that we talk about in each episode of Manly Tales. So go to manhoodtribes.com challenge where you can download your free dad-son challenge today. That's manhoodtribes.com slash challenge. Welcome to Manly Tales, stories for making men out of boys, a podcast for dads and sons to listen to together. I'm Don Ross, the host of Manly Tales, and each episode you'll hear my sons and me talk about the stories that are inspiring and teaching us about what it means to be a man. We're excited to have you listen in with us. This episode is part of Season 3 of Manly Tales, where we're talking about the life of King David. Today's episode tells the story of how God makes a special covenant with David. Let's listen together. Before long, the king made himself at home, and God gave him peace from all his enemies. Then one day, King David said to Nathan the prophet, Look at this. Here I am, comfortable in my luxurious house of cedar, and the chest of God sits in a plain tent. Nathan told the king, Whatever is on your heart, go and do it. God is with you. But that night the word of God came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, This is God's word on the matter. You're going to build a house for me to live in? Why? I haven't lived in a house from the time I brought the children of Israel up from Egypt till now. All that time I've moved about with nothing but a tent. And in all my travels with Israel, did I ever say to any of the leaders I commanded to shepherd Israel, Why haven't you built me a house of cedar? So here is what you are to tell my servant David. The God of angel armies has this word for you. I took you from the pasture, tagging along after sheep and made you prince over my people Israel. I was with you everywhere you went and moved your enemies down before you. Now I'm making you famous to be ranked with the great names on earth, and I'm going to set aside a place for my people Israel and plant them there so they'll have their own home and not be knocked around any more. Nor will evil men afflict you as they always have even during the days I set judges over my people Israel. Finally, I'm going to give you peace from all your enemies. Furthermore, God has this message for you. God himself will build you a house. When your life is complete and you're buried with your ancestors, then I'll raise up your child, your own flesh and blood, to succeed you. And I'll firmly establish this rule. He will build a house to honor me, and I will guarantee his kingdom's rule permanently. I'll be a father to him, and he'll be a son to me. When he does wrong, I'll discipline him in the usual ways, the pitfalls and obstacles of mortal life. But I'll never remove my gracious love from him, as I removed it from Saul, who preceded you and whom I most certainly did remove. Your family and your kingdom are permanently secured. I'm keeping my eye on them, and your royal throne will always be there, rock solid. Nathan gave David a complete and accurate account of everything he heard and saw in the vision. King David went in and took his place before God and prayed, 
Who am I, Master God? And what is my family that you have brought me to this place in life? But there's nothing compared to what's coming. For you've also spoken of my family far into the future, given me a glimpse into tomorrow, my Master God. What can I possibly say in the face of all this? You know me, Master God, just as I am. You've done all this not because of who I am, but because of who you are, out of your very heart, but you've let me in on it. This is what makes you so great, Master God. There is none like you, no God but you, nothing to compare with what we've heard with our own ears. And who is like your people, like Israel, a nation unique in the earth, whom God set out to redeem for himself and become most famous for it, performing great and fearsome acts, throwing out nations and their gods left and right as you saved your people from Egypt. You established for yourself a people, your very own Israel, your people permanently, and you, God, became their God. So now, great God, this word that you have spoken to me and my family, guarantee it permanently? Do exactly what you've promised. Then your reputation will flourish always as people exclaim, The God of angel armies is God over Israel, and the house of your servant David will remain sure and solid in your watchful presence. For you, God of angel armies, Israel's God, told me plainly, I will build you a house. That's how I was able to find the courage to pray this prayer to you. And now, Master God, being the God you are, speaking sure words as you do, and having just said this wonderful thing to me, please, just one more thing. Bless my family. Keep your eye on them always. You've already as much as said that you would, Master God. Oh, may your blessing be on my family permanently. All right, so a pretty cool interaction here between David and the prophet Nathan, and then also just like a really powerful prayer from David and the way that he communicates with God. I just thought there were some like really awesome moments to this story, and this story really kind of like sets up some big cool things that happen later on in the Bible. So, uh, yeah, lots happening here. What were some of the things that you guys really liked about this story? How, um, just David wanted to honor God with a house of uh, whatever material was. The material sounded fancy. Yeah, that's true. I think you're thinking about cedar. Yeah. Which is a, yeah, which is a type of wood. And that was a really fancy wood in their area at that point in time. So yeah, you're right. And that was neat. Eli, what about you? I liked how God kind of wanted to honor David by, you know, like not having him build the the temple. Okay, so yeah, so David, so just a little recap on the story here and just, you know, helping people understand what was going on. David basically, you know, was saying, hey, I've got this super great palace, but God's ark is still, you know, sitting out there in a tent. Yeah, it seems like God should have his own really cool space, so we should build a temple. And then God comes to the prophet Nathan and says, nope, that's not what we're going to do. Uh, instead, your son 
it's going to build a temple for me eventually. But in the meantime, David, I'm going to establish you as king and you and your family are going to be kings forever. So God makes this really like extraordinary promise and covenant with David that from his family are going to be the kings of Israel forever. This is a really, really big promise. And then David goes through this really long prayer of just kind of, you know, almost a prayer of humility of saying, who am I? Like, why, why have you chosen me? Why am I so important? But because you've said that this is going to be a thing, I know it's going to be a thing because that's who you are and that's what's true to your name. So a really cool there, just kind of interaction between David and God, you know, and kind of showing a lot of God's character. So I loved all of those things, you know, just kind of hearing that part of the story. What, um, okay. So here on the Manly Tales podcast, we love to talk about the five marks of manhood, which we say are the things that all men should exhibit in their lives to demonstrate that they are men. And those things are strength, courage, skill, honor, and allegiance. So what would you guys say that you heard in this story that kind of the ways that the marks of manhood stood out to you? I saw allegiance, like I said earlier, how David just was like, hey, I got this really cool house, and David and God's got a tent. I feel uh, they would have been like, I think God should have a better house than me. So I'll just build him a house, but God was like, "Yeah, nice offer, but no, thank you." <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, and I think that is a, that's a great example of allegiance that David was really concerned about. How are these buildings showing off how great God really is? And you know, just the fact that David was really concerned with that, I do think that shows allegiance. Eli, what about you? What were some marks of manhood that you saw? Um, I mean, I definitely saw just like courage to be able to you know like david was taking on the responsibility of like i mean not that he could say no really but like being the king and like his whole family you know down the line being the kings of their people i mean that was a very big like role for him to have to step in at that time and as i said on an earlier episode like he had no like you know like religious lineage or anything like his parents or father wasn't anybody you know like important like a king so it was just a big like responsibility that god was giving to david but he was willing to step into that role because he knew that god was going to keep his promise and that good things were going to come out of it yeah that's awesome i love that as well I, I would say, too, I think one of the marks of manhood that I see showing up here is honor. And I think we see this especially from God himself, that God, you know, honor is about doing right by your peers. And when we think about, you know, our relationship to God, we we typically think about allegiance, right? That God's in charge. He's kind of the king and we submit to him. So he's the one who's in authority and we're under him. But what's really cool about God in this situation is that he actually sort of like elevates David to a place where he and David are interacting like peers. And he honors David by saying, I'm going to establish you as king and your family will be kings over Israel forever. And he really honors him with this kind of incredible promise and special relationship and special place in in history and in the people of Israel and in a way that's really kind of unique to David. And I think that kind of honor like – 
it's both really cool. It's exciting for David, um, but it also just shows something about God's character that he is willing to love and, you know, kind of honor his uh, people in a way that is different than like only ever being in this place of wanting them to give allegiance. But he also wants love and friendship. And I think that's a part of, you know, the way that he honors David. So just something really cool to kind of see there about God. Okay. Let's um let's let's just kind of uh talk about for a minute what you guys see there that you would want to apply to your own lives. Like how could you take this story and say, man, this is one of the ways that I would really like to be like King David. I just want to be like David and just like having a close relationship with God. Like he has one of the David is one of the few people that has a or had a close relationship with God. I just want to be like him in that way. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I mean, I th- that is really definitely a lot of what the story is about is the the closeness between God and David. So, I think that's awesome, Colton. Eli, anything that you would say? Um, I think maybe just like the humility in David of like, hey, I have this great house, and like I'm. You know, supposed to be in charge of all of these people, but I know that God is better than me and more powerful. So why shouldn't I make him something better and more significant? And so that was just a whole lot of just showing humility and the fact that like, hey, this guy who I'm, you know, dedicating my life to, like, he is really good and he is better than me. And so I should, you know, put a lot of work into showing him that I appreciate him. Yeah, I I like that, too. I like the humility that you're pointing out there. And I I think that's something that, you know, as men, we all can really benefit from. So this is great. This story is really kind of like, I think, a high point. It's really kind of like the, you know, the big top of the mountain for David, both in his experience as a king and in his relationship with God. And it kind of leaves you almost thinking like, you know, David's about as close to perfect as you can get. And everything is just going well. And in the next episode, we're going to find out that hmm, not so much. David's going to go and screw it all up, but we'll get there next time. David's a man. He's not perfect either. And we're going to learn what happens when David messes things up and how he learns how to handle it. So, uh, in the meantime, we'd love to end every Manly Tales episode by giving you guys, our listeners, a question to be able to talk with each other about so that you can keep the discussion going once the episode is over. So we've got one question for the dads and one question for the sons. And today, our question for the dads is, how can you help your family honor God? And the question for the sons is, what's the greatest thing God has done for you? All right. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Manly Tales. We'll look forward to talking to you next time. We'll see you. Bye-bye. You guys next time on Manly Tales. Manly Tales stories are adapted and performed by Josh Burns. For more information about the show, visit ManlyTales.com. Hey dads, don't forget to download your dad-son challenge, 10 manly activities that dads and sons can do together. Just go to manhoodtribes.com slash challenge.